0: John chapter 15 and verse number 13. And I'm going to go ahead and just read this verse again. Very simple verse, yet very profound. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And there in John 15, 13, it says this. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Tomorrow's Memorial Day, a day that we've set aside in order to remember. Memorial Day was established in 1868 to honor the ones that had fallen during the Civil War. It's grown to become a solemn recognition of all of our nation's wars, dead and the high price of our freedom. And it's important that we never forget that. We never forget the people that gave their life, that we never forget that freedoms that we have that came at a great price. The freedoms that we have, we ought not take for granted. Somebody's dear son or daughter, husband or dear wife, gave it all. We ought to exercise that freedom. We ought to hold on to it and not give it away. For people that died and bled and, and, and gave so much of their life, and some, like I said, gave all, what, what a, a terrible, horrible thing to do to just give away that freedom that was so valiantly for. It's important that we understand that, and that's one of the reasons why we make it a big deal here at Lighthouse and on Memorial Day weekend. We really want to focus on that why we on Sunday night tonight we're gonna be going to the, the, the graveyard down um, on Lakeshore Avenue near Bryant where there's there's a place there where there's a lot of soldiers that have been buried. So we're gonna go and remember. I, I think it's important for our children to see that the, the freedoms they have they didn't they didn't come without a cost. And that people were willing to die. They were willing to give all so we might have those freedoms and I think it's so important that we remember It's important tonight as we look and we we see the graves of those that served in the military in the different wars, to be able to say their name, to remember, personally, remember their name, put a flower there. It's good for us to remember. Tomorrow, I would encourage you to get together with your family in a time, yes, it's become a holiday where you get together with family and you have a cookout and things like that, but that's not the main focus of the day. The main focus of the day is remember. And I challenge you I encourage you. those that need their life, honor those that have served our country, honor them. This morning, I want to share with you just a couple of of simple points, things that I want to challenge you with. And as we think about freedom and how it came at a great price, the first thing I want you to notice is this, that our freedoms as Americans are free but paid for at great cost by the sacrifice. They're free, but they are paid for at a great cost by the sacrifice of others. I'll tell you what, we have amazing freedoms in this country. There are people all over the world that are longing to come to this great country because of the freedoms we have here. People long to be in this country and would love to be able to come. And by the way, I'm all for immigration that's legal. I'm obviously in it. My wife is Canadian. My son-in-law, one of them, is from Hungary nothing wrong with immigration, by the way. The majority of people in this country, well, I say that. This country, we're all immigrants. nothing wrong with legal immigration. And there's people that are longing to want to come and be part of this great country, the, the home of the free and land of the brave. And they want to come here and spend their time because of the great, great freedoms that we have. We can worship as we choose. We came here together today. I had no worries whether somebody was going to come with a gun and arrest us for worshiping. Hey, listen, don't take that for granted, folks. There are places in the world today that they are having to go underground because they don't have those freedoms. We can pray as we see fit. I think of times in the Bible, like Daniel, when he was told he couldn't pray. Or he getting- You know what? I'm so thankful that there's not somebody going to arrest me and put me in jail because I pray. And by the way, remember I said earlier that we ought to exercise the freedoms that we have in this great country. We ought to be in church. Exercise that freedom. Don't take it lightly. We ought to pray the the privilege of having the freedom to be able to pray to, by the way, to whomever you see fit. worship. We can pray or not pray. You've got a decision that you can make. The freedoms that we have, we can say nearly anything that we want. Sometimes I wish people wouldn't say something. But you know what? There's freedom of speech in this country. There's freedom of speech. And if you need to be very careful We start shutting down freedom of speech because if you're not careful, before you know it they're going to start shutting down our freedom of speech. We have the freedom in this country to say what's on our mind. Hey, listen, if I don't like a politician, I can say it myself. Right? Yeah. Try that in Russia. I see where you'll, you'll end up in Russia if you to talk about Putin. Hey, I'm, I'm thankful for this great country that, that we live in. You know what? We can move around freely as well. Nobody's making you stay where you're at. You can move to another part of the country. You can pick up and sell your stuff and move. There's some places in the world today, that's not possible. People, they literally they they spend their entire life in a 10 square mile radius. have such freedom in this country. Such freedom to be able to go and to be able to go uh, uh, freely. We're able to own our own property. Praise the Lord for that. Aren't you thankful to have a home, a place to stay? If we're able to own that? We can work hard and make a good living. Hey, listen, the American dream is alive and well. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell it's not true. It is true. You know, it's amazing when you take somebody, like I have, I, I use illustrations, it's personal, my, my son-in-law, he's from Hungary. He was working over there for British tele, Telecommunications. had a good job in Hungary. The equivalence of what he was making there as opposed to what he's making here, he was making $4.50 an hour. In Hungary. Working for British Telecommunications, he I mean, wasn't nothing wrong with flipping burgers at McDonald's, but that's not necessarily what you would call a high-paying he was working in, a tele- in the, in the uh, high tech you know, industry, and he's making $4.50 an hour. He's moved here. He's married my daughter. don't we'll talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. God put that all together. It was amazing. But you know what's so amazing to me? And, and I'm not even talking about that. But he comes here, he sees the potential. He, he, when we hear people challenging the fact that the American dream is dead, he have had this conversation. looks at me says, It's not dead. I'm living it. I'm living it. It's still alive and well. We live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. We're free. But our freedom did not come without There was a Christ that had to paid for our freedom many times over. Many have died on the battlefields in all of America's wars to preserve our freedom. We're free, but that freedom wasn't secured without a cost. You see, somebody paid the price for us to enjoy the freedoms that we have. Fluttered in the breeze, a young soldier saluted it, and then he stood at ease. I looked at him in uniform—so young, so tall, so proud, with hair cut square and eyes alert. He stand out in any crowd. I thought how many men like him had fallen through the years. How many died in sword? How many mothers' tears? How many pilots' planes shot down? How many foxholes were soldiers' graves? I heard the sound of taps one night, and when everything was still, I listened to the bugler play and felt a sudden chill. I wonder just how many times that taps had meant amen. I thought of all the children, of the mothers and the wives, of fathers, sons, and husbands with interrupted lives. I thought about a graveyard at the bottom of the sea. advantage of that freedom you have to vote. But if you don't vote, nobody's going to kick you out of the country, throw you in jail. In fact, if I wanted, I could live off welfare, off the the government. I can live off everything that they wanted to give me and have the citizens around me uh, and and take care of all my needs. Even though that would be a horrible thing to do, but there's a freedom to do. By the way, the does not guarantee or it doesn't guarantee happiness. It guarantees the pursuit of happiness. And a lot of people today that are pursuing happiness In other words, I have the benefits of freedom, irrespective of whether I deserve them or not. Let's just stop and ask the question: Does anybody here deserve the freedoms that we have? None of them ourselves. The only reason we deserve those freedoms at all is because they were given to us. Don't forget this point. Right, listen now: the, the government wants you to think that they are responsible for giving you the freedoms that. Oh, no, the government's not the one that gives you your freedoms. The freedoms that we have are inalienable rights given by our Creator. God has given us those rights. And that's what makes this country so different than around the world. You see, other countries, how that they, everything is wrong, they don't acknowledge that fact. They say, well, we're going to allow you. And that's why we need to be very careful that we don't give away those freedoms and let a government become a tyranny in, in this country either. we have great freedoms in our country, and we we'll ought never forget the lives that were required for those freedoms that we share, to, to stand up for them. And let us thank God for those who laid down their lives for those freedoms that we enjoyed. Thank God for those people. Our freedoms as Americans are free to us, but they were paid for at a great cost by the sacrifice of others. Salvation is free, but paid for at a great cost by the sacrifice of someone else. Salvation is free, but it had a price. Jesus said this in John 8:36: That the Son, therefore, shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. Well, I'm thankful as a child of God, as a born-again Christian, that I have been set free, and I am free indeed. Are you glad you're saved today? Say amen. you're freed, first of all, from God's judgment. When you got saved, you were freed from God's judgment. The Bible says that every one of us have sinned against God. Every one of us, we have trespassed against God. Every one of us, sin is a transgression of God's law, disobeying God's commandments. The Bible clearly teaches that, that all of us have done that. causing in the world today the hurt to people. How sin hurts. God hates that because of what it does. God hates sin for all sinners. For a holy and just God. And the Bible is equally clear that there is a penalty for sin. In Romans 623, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Penalty for sin is a price that must be paid. It's death physical death we're talking about there, but you know the Bible also talks about over in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, that this penalty is not only a physical death, but also it calls a, the second death, being separated from God eternally in a place called hell. Revelation chapter 20. is the second death. You say you look at that list and you say, well, that's not me in there. Yep, every one of us are in that list right there. You ever told a lie? You ever seen it? So what, what's the answer? He I mean, says right here that we're going to have the, the liar shall have their part in lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death here's the thing when you're saved you're free from God's judgment Jesus Christ already paid your sin debt Jesus Christ he paid for your sin debt so now you're free from the judgment of God you are free from hell you don't have to worry about going to hell any longer when you've trusted in Christ as your savior Listen, in fact you're promised an eternal life in heaven and aren't you glad about that I'm going to heaven one day it's going to be forever how about you There's so many spiritual things of spiritual freedoms and privileges that we have in Christ. You have the right of forgiveness for every sin you've ever committed or will ever commit. Praise the Lord for that. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Not, to do. I'm not a license to sin, but understand this. We are forgiven. you forgiveness. Forgiveness. You have the right of forgiveness for every sin. You have the privilege of being a child of God child are you? Now, some of you, you got some earthly uh, father or earthly mother, and you're so proud, man. That's my mom and dad, and I, by the way, I, I'm, I'm proud of my mom and dad. Thank God. Some of you come from different situations. I'm adopted in the family, but I get all the rights and privileges as though I was literally born into God's family. And by the way, spiritually, I have that Wonderful, wonderful privilege. You have the rights. god and make our petitions known and we can get that grace and mercy that we need in those times of difficulty you have the privilege of fellowship with other believers you're a child of god we're part of the same family i praise the word for that you have the right to an eternal inheritance as an heir of god you, you listen if you're a believer you have all of these and many more rights and privileges times in the scriptures we're reminded that salvation and all its benefits are a gift. If you look in Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 18, we're told six times that righteousness to be saved is a free gift from God. Six times just in that passage. Listen, we don't become righteous through our good life to be able to stand righteous before God. We don't become righteous ourselves. We don't do it ourselves. We can't be righteous. Listen, none of us are perfect. There's none righteous no not one. To buy the Bible says in the Bible and righteousness is credited to our account as a free gift. Where does that righteousness come from? It comes from Jesus Christ himself. He imputes his righteousness. That word impute means to put to one's account here's my account. Man, I'll tell you what, because of sin, my account is overdrawn. My account is in the negative. My account is I could never pay enough. I could never be good enough. I could never go to heaven because I am lost and undone. I have sin in my life. I've broken God's law. Trust in Christ as their personal Savior, His righteousness is imputed upon us. It's like He takes off His beautiful white robe of absolute perfection and He lays it over your shoulders and He says, hey, I'm putting this on you. And now when God looks at you, He sees you through the imputed righteousness of Jesus. Elon Musk decides that he's going to deposit several million dollars inside your bank account? Anybody would like that? I would like that. Come on, I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind having several million Think what you could do with missions if you got several million dollars. Right, we gotta have the right heart of this. But I'll tell you what, if Elon Musk put it in my bank account, and he says, this is a gift to you, you know what I'd be doing? Woo-hoo! <laughs> put in your bank account to make you to where you are reconciled with God, brought back into a right relationship with God, and that God no longer sees the sin that you are guilty of. And by the way, we're all guilty of it. He no longer sees that. He sees the precious blood of Jesus Christ and washed away your sin. He sees the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ on you, and you're a child of God. Praise God that what what Christ has done for us. 623, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Yes, the wages of sin is death. Yes, sin causes death. Yes, sin, left un- 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 um, care of in our life, unforgiven in our life, would mean an eternity separated from God in hell, being completely without hope. And I'm thankful today that God's Word, it tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. So, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants you to have that everlasting life. And it's by grace that you're saved, through faith. And God gives you it as a gift. You see, salvation itself is given as a free gift of God, independent of any works or good deeds or religious acts that you could do. The sad part is, that there are people today that are. they try. They could be the best person at church. They could try to be the most religious person at church. They could be a member of the church. They could get baptized in the waters at the church. But if they've never come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, where they were born again, they don't have heaven to to. see, righteousness, eternal life, salvation, It stops being a gift. There's some people today that say, well, if you get your life straightened out and you truly acknowledge God, God is your Lord and you, you make all these changes, then, then you can be saved. That's not what the word of God says. simply by faith, believing Jesus Christ as you Savior. If you can do it, why would He come? Why would He live a life in this world? Why would he come from heaven? Why would he allow himself to be crucified on that cross if you could do it for yourself? The truth is, none of us could. That's why Christ came. You see, a gift is something you simply receive or reject. That's what it is, it's something you either receive or you reject. For a grace that you save through faith in that night of yourself it is a gift of God. Not of works thus any man supposed. People are trying to add these things on to their salvation listen, and because of that they never get the victory of their life of knowing they're for sure going to heaven. I talk to a lot of people and I say, hey, you know. By the way i'm so thankful today that i'm not saved by my works and i'm not kept by my works if i had to be good enough the rest of my life to keep my salvation i would be in trouble you know why because there's time in our life when we do fail and do anybody here since you got saved you never sinned them after that anybody saved you received the holy spirit of god that at that moment you were born again you were born spiritually in the family of god that's when you became joint heirs with the son that's when you became a child of god was at that moment that holy spirit came inside of you and by the way he seals you under the day of redemption he's the down payment saying absolute for certain you're going to heaven he's the one that does it i don't do it that holy spirit you know what he does when he comes into your heart when you trust in christ as your savior you begin having the process in your life called sanctification. Now positionally between you and God, when you got saved, the righteousness of Christ was imputed on you. Positionally, you are sanctified. You you are set aside. You belong to God. But practically in your life as you're growing as a Christian, after you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God begins to work in your heart, begins to to convict you of sin, begins to, when you're reading the Word of God, He speaks to you. When you're sitting and hearing the Word of God preached, He speaks to your heart and He begins to work in your life and He begins to, to teach you and literally what By faith, you trust in them, and you simply receive. Once again, a gift is something that you either reject or you receive. You can't pay for it. God, you can have a precious Right now, God, He's like offering it to you. What would you do with it? What would you do with it? God wants you to be saved. God wants you to know. God wants you to know that you're on your way to heaven. God wants you to have that peace. Street in London, he saw a wounded British soldier painfully hobbling along. He was stopping him, the minister, he said to the soldier, He said, Thank you for being wounded for me. Think about that for a moment. Next time you see a soldier it's wounded, a soldier that has gotten some type of injury because of his servant, understand that they are wounded for us. And this minister, he said to that soldier, He you for being wounded for me. That soldier, man, it got his attention. He never heard anybody say something like that. There's people that had offered to buy him a drink, people that had given him a cigarette, people that tried to do things to say thank you, but nobody ever said thank you for being wounded. That soldier replied, is this wounded for me? I mean, who could that be? In the ministry, he said, it was our Lord Jesus. Our Lord Jesus, that great prophet Isaiah, speaking of the Lord when he would come, he said in Isaiah 53, 5, he was in the world today, I'm glad I have the religious freedom that I have. A lot of people in the world today don't even realize it, though, they're in spiritual bondage. They go to church, they go through all the rituals of religion. rabbi, meaning teacher. When Jesus says these words to him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. Marvel, not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. He reiterates the fact with him, you have to be born again. Being born again is not what some televangelist said on TV, it's what Jesus Christ himself said that we must have in our life for us to go to heaven. Have you been born again? Time and a place in your life, but was there a time when you were born again and made alive spiritually? And you realized that you were a sinner. You believe God's Word. You believe Jesus Christ died for you and then He rose again the third day. And you, by faith, trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know you're going to heaven. You've been born again. If that's your testimony, would you lift your hand up high and say yes? Says it's the point that a man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. If you were to die this moment, if God were to say to you, Why should I let you into heaven? What would your answer be? What are you trusting in to get you to heaven? You might be here this morning, you don't have that peace of knowing 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven. You can't look back and find a time in your life when you say, I was born again, and the Holy Spirit of God came within you. Doubts and fear about where you'll spend eternity. Listen, I want to pray for you today. It all starts to have that freedom. We have to acknowledge the fact that we're in bondage and we need to be set free. It all starts with us being honest with ourselves and with God. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I ask you right now: Is God speaking to your heart? Do you have a doubt or fear that if you died this day, that you would not go to heaven. Could I pray for you today? Would you just slip your hand up right now? Say, I don't have the peace of knowing. God bless your name. I see that hand. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Say, I don't know. I don't have the peace. I have doubts. Anybody else this morning, is God speaking to your heart? Listen, God doesn't want you to leave that way today. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to step out and come. We have a time we call an invitation here in our church. The piano is going to be playing. Heads will be bowed, eyes will be closed, and I'll invite people to step out and to come. If you're here this morning and God is speaking to your heart, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, but I'm going to invite you to come out and to come forward and allow for one of our workers to open up the Word of God and share with you how you can make sure 100% before you leave today that you're on your way to heaven. Just come and receive the gift that God has for you. Christian, I want to invite you today, would you come and just thank God for the privilege you have, of the freedoms you have, the privileges you have as a child of God. Would you praise and thank him today? Would you lift up his name? Would you pray for those that are here today that don't know for sure they're going to heaven? Let's all pray for them. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts right now. Lord, you see the hearts. You see each person's heart. Lord, more importantly than the hands that were raised, you see what's in the hearts. Lord, I pray for those that are here today that do not know for sure they're on the way to heaven Lord, if they would come they would trust in you as their Savior right now Lord, they would know before they leave today Lord, we thank and praise you for giving us the freedoms that we have as a child of God and the gift that you've given I pray this in Jesus' name our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed and I invite you to become Christian would you just come and pray and thank God for your salvation would you just come and lead the way you're here today and you raise your hand you say, I don't know for sure, I'm saved I don't know if i die today that I'd go to heaven. I don't have that peace. Oh, is God speaking to your heart today? Don't leave today without knowing. Best day of your life, best day of my life was the day I trusted in Christ as my Savior. Having that peace of knowing I'm on the way to heaven. No questions. No questions absolute promise from God.